to another episode of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's too tired to think of creative intro ideas. In this episode, we talk about The Third Day, Streets of Steel, and backing up your content. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So get ready for another discussion-heavy episode, because here it comes. By content, do you mean butts? (laughs) We like to kick every episode off by going around the table, which is where we talk about something new, fun, and noteworthy about our weeks. Lauren, hi. Do you really not know what a HEPA filter is? No, I don't know what that is. I've never heard of it. <laughs> it's 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 just a filter that filters out a lot of particulates. It's it's like a. I a I would think that because Trevor, you said he has asthma or something, right? He has like allergies. Oh, so a HEPA filter would be very good for your home. Yeah, you need to install a HEPA filter in your apartment. I mean, yes. your house. You're <laughs> in, in your, your, house. Aunt, your, in your aunt aunt apartment. Is. So it's just like a super filter? <laughs> it's not a brass instrument. That I was trying to make the joke about if it was something that lived in a susical universe, that I could see yeah. a HEPA filter being a... But no, no, it, it's a filter. It just filters out like... it's a, It apparently filters out like a lot of fine particulates, I think. So... Okay. Yeah, you would want, you want one. All right. Well, now I'll have to look into HEPA filters in the next few weeks. <laughs> Unless you like breathing in particulates, and that's up to you. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think If I you're do. not particular about <laughs> your particulates, then don't get a HEPA filter. It sounds like completely gibberish. Like <laughs> I love it. I love that of uh, all of the stuff we make up, we make up so much stuff when we talk to you, and you believe mm-hmm. every single thing that we say. We're saying a thing that is 100% true, and you're having a hard time believing that it's real. No, no, no. It's not that I don't believe you. It's just that, like, it's very mundane. I don't have anything to add to this. Like, yes, it's a cool kind of filter. I don't know. What am I supposed to say? And it's not even even that cool. It's just very useful. Andrew could say, a large person tickled my butthole in Orlando, and you would believe him. Yes. But you do not believe that an air filter exists. (laughs) I didn't say that. I'd never said that <laughs> i just said i hadn't heard of it yeah okay <laughs> different so All yes right. i'm alive hepa filters exist uh you believe <laughs> us but don't have anything to contribute to the conversation now what about your week yeah uh i've been watching a bunch of stuff uh, i've been working on some projects and uh i guess like getting ready to stay in for the holidays because everyone's having weird thanksgiving this year at least i hope to keep yourself safe <laughs> Um, so one of the things that I checked out was the Lego Star Wars holiday special. Did either of you guys decide to check this out? Not yet. Are you going to? Yeah, absolutely. I am. I can't be bothered with it. Patrick, I didn't think you would necessarily be. I've just decided I'm not, I'm not a pawn. You can't, you can't just talk. You can't say the office or, or, uh, Daleks or Lego or Star Wars. And then me just consume it automatically. I need better reasons. Yes, you can. Okay. But my You're reason that I busy. thought this was <laughs> <laughs> don't be so higher, so so higher level or loftier or holier than thou. You just have been too busy to watch okay. anything. Yes, I've been busy. <laughs> yeah. 
But I would say my expectations for this Lego Star Wars holiday special were high because I really enjoyed the Lego movies. They were really good. And even like the Lego Batman movie, which I was like, there's no way they're going to pull this off, is really good and really funny. So I was excited to watch this. Uh, I would say this isn't quite as good as any of those, but it's only 45 minutes. It's, it is really funny. It's very cute. I would say this one's a lot more like for kids, but all the like references and stuff are great for like super diehard Star Wars fans slash adults who are like nitpicking all the little things in the background. Like you, uh, I think like oh, <laughs> I mean, is this not a shot for shot remake of the Star Wars holiday special? No, not at all. Waste no, no. of time. Waste <laughs> of time. <laughs> they just make it all in Legos. That would be the idea. Yeah, and have Wookies growling at each other for fifteen minutes or whatever it was. Like they're not going to do, do that. Waste they do time. have a good amount of uh, like references to it. Like it all kind of takes place around them going to visit Chewie's family again. Have you and, seen? Um, have you seen the original holiday special, Lauren? Not not in its entirety. Yeah, I would like to sit down and watch it at some point. But I've seen like clips from it, and it's always been like notoriously terrible. And this is certainly not terrible. It's very watchable. <laughs> okay. Does good. it exist in its entirety? Uh, I think on YouTube you can yeah, watch it. No, not anywhere officially. Okay. Yeah, it's it's supposedly they like stricken from, from the memory the of yeah yeah. <laughs> well, it has been just, it has been decanonized. <laughs> but the issue is too that when and this is for a lot of programs around that time that was uh you know before digital storage a lot of things uh things were stored on physical media physical media degrades over time right. not to mm-hmm. mention that people would just think oh we don't need to hold on to this. And so the reality is there is a lot of media from uh, that time period, because um, that was late 70s, I think. So uh, 70s mm-hmm. even into 80s that has just been lost forever. Like which no, is nobody why... can ever watch it again, it's, which is a bizarre thing to imagine because nowadays it, if something is made and shown to like five people, then you can never scrub it from the world because it just gets backed up thousands of times and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, so. which is, which is yeah. probably why people – who did things in the seventies still get to exist as uh, people we can look up to as opposed <laughs> right. to people who did things in the nineties and moving forward <laughs> and all of these people that there's a reason why people started getting canceled like 95 and after. Yeah. <laughs> Early adopters of Twitter are really regretting the decision right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you change your settings. So it like deletes your tweets after a certain point in time or whatever. Um, but yeah, this was intent. The original Star Wars holiday eh, holiday specials is hard to say. It was like scrubbed from the memory, and this is like a new refresh on it. And um, it is it's fun. It's cute. I recommend it, especially like if you have kids. I think that it would be fun to watch with your kids because uh, it's got a good mixture of like things that I think the grownups will look at and appreciate, and the kids will get all the laughs as well. Um, yeah. And then to completely, completely, completely change subjects, watch some horror movie. Uh, a horror movie, sorry. Uh, we watched Possessor, which is a new movie that came out. And I was just excited, honestly, to have a new movie. But it's uh, done by Brian Cronenberg, who is the son of David Cronenberg. So I was expecting something, like, really creepy and nasty. And it's a little bit of that, but it's a lot more of a, like, psychological thriller. Um, it was a little more, like, Uncut Gems type of tension versus, like, actually being, like, scared or, like, horrified, which is what I was expecting from, like, a Cronenberg movie. Um, but it's pretty good. It is about, um, super assassins who can like download themselves into other people's brains and then they'll like use that person's body to like commit the assassination and then, uh, like leave basically. So it's pretty crazy. Okay. <laughs> of when course, you because say, it's a horror movie. 
this goes terribly wrong by the end of the movie and it's crazy, but uh, it's an interesting movie. When you say uh, commit the assassination, you mean they would just have them commit suicide or like they would take over someone's body to then go and assassinate another person? Yes, the second one. So like okay. I would jump into your body to kill Andrew. And Bad then- move. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> I, am, I am not the physical specimen that you would want to commit a, uh, a murder. What would end up happening is you would you would transfer into Patrick's body, attempt to kill me, but then I would kill you first. Yeah. You, <laughs> your first this would thought be a good would movie. be... This is like, it's like walking in sand. That's yeah. what you would think why as soon as Why you... are my reflexes that of a dead giraffe? That's what you're... That's what you're... Uh, that's what you'd be thinking. That'd be your final thought before I murdered you. Yeah, for and what is that oh, wow. smell? <laughs> why do I smell inside of myself? This is weird. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> yeah, he's, he is essentially a human tauntaun. <laughs> but yeah, um, if you like... Uh, horror movies I would say this is kind of a fun one to check out it's only five bucks to rent and just for the sake of seeing a new movie that was kind of just nice (laughs) Uh, didn't you just say you didn't like it I did like it it was just very different than what I was expecting it to be like I was really expecting to like have nightmares and like (laughs) be like really afraid and it wasn't like that kind of movie so maybe for fans of the horror genre this isn't the movie for you for fans of like the thriller genre this is the film for you yeah yeah I mean it is pretty creepy but not nearly to the degree i was expecting like if you watch the trailer you you would probably think it's going to be like what i said like much more like body horror kind of stuff (laughs) body horror again i feel like you're describing me but exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it and then uh one more like complete shift change for the week uh i've been watching the new season of the crown and i had i did bother to look this up i did talk about this on the show before uh during the last season but uh, the new season, I think, is kind of like really getting a lot of attention. So I feel like it's worth bringing up right now. Uh, it's really, really, really amazing. So the show has always been good, out, like since season one. But I do think that this season is really like the best so far. Like they've just like really hit in this perfect stride and it feels really special. And they've just kind of like, um, I don't know, like they've kind of like synthesized the show a lot. And I think it's partially because like a big part of the thesis of the show is how does like the traditions of like the monarchy in England, like the royal family and all this stuff, like even though it's like comes from like the oldest tradition, like how it clashes with modern life and like how dedicated people are to like preserving their way of life, even though it like really doesn't have anything to do with modern politics. So now that the show is like caught up to the 80s, I feel like the the way that you're looking at this, like everybody is starting to look at it that way. It's not just like, oh, it is weird that she has to marry this guy she doesn't want to. Now it's like everybody is looking at them under a lens and it's just kind of, it's a very different season. It's also the first season, I think, where, at least for me, um, I have lived through any part of the history. So I'm like a lot more aware of the context in a different way. So I do feel like it's a bit more relatable, um, I think, for most people out there because it's just like history that you're familiar with. Because it's this season like, is hey, a lot I, of Princess hey, Diana, yeah, yeah. Because like everybody knows Princess Diana, I think even if you don't know like a ton of details about her, like uh, you still have obviously heard of her. So I think that's what a lot of people are excited about this season, and it's like it is living up to the hype. It's just as good as it always was, if not better, and it's just great. So if you're not watching The Crown, you should catch up. 
I mean, I'm sure people have heard of Diana, but I will say I, it wasn't until a few months ago that I was aware of the uh, conspiracy around her death, uh, which I think in, in broad strokes would be that <clears throat> basically the, gov- that, uh, the government had her killed. And mm-hmm. it's uh, and so I'm sure they'll get into it this season, but it's it's very very fascinating stuff. Or I don't know if they'll get into yeah. it this season, but I'm just saying there's a well, lot of really interesting uh, coincidences uh, to uncover in uh, the final days of her life. Yeah, I would say the the show sticks pretty close to history, and like while they'll sometimes like acknowledge that there is possibilities like this, they don't really commit to it because it's not really what they're trying to talk about. It's really like a about everybody's feelings in Buckingham Palace and, like, how they react to everything. But, um, yeah, like, you can see that they think about these things or, like, or like the people who make the show are aware of all this, like, background stuff that's come up since then and, like, you know, modern perceptions of it that kind of trickle into it. Like, all the Margaret Thatcher stuff this season is, like, crazy to watch, <laughs> like, in the right now. But it's uh, very good and highly recommend checking out that show. Yeah, I don't... I- I've considered it after watching the trailer for this this season and then realized, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to do the legwork of watching the previous three seasons. Okay, I will actually say, I meant to mention this, uh, you you don't need to watch the other seasons, really, to jump in. Because, like, it's all just, like, a history thing. And, like, there's going to be some little context you might not know, but, like, you could Google it really quickly and find out the answer to, like, if you're like, oh, how, who's related to who real quick? You know, like, you could find this out in ten minutes and be able to watch this season, and you probably would be totally fine. Cool. You might want to go back and watch more afterwards, I would expect. Okay. All right, it is finally Christmas, basically. Just kidding. <laughs> Not even close. It's five and Not a half weeks close. from now. No. It's basically upon us. <laughs> I I just, I don't, I'm so glad the pandemic is happening. Um, obviously not for a lot of people for dying. All, for all the 200,000 plus people who have died. Yeah. Congratulations. Honestly, that's a really that sucks. But it's good I that don't you think it's good that you're acknowledging that publicly. <laughs> oh my god. Officially, well, it sucks. I I do feel a bit of this um armor, this like shield of like my dad died recently, so it's so now I can talk about other people who lose family members. I do kind of feel like I I earned that somehow. Um I don't know if that's a real thing, it's, but that's That's totally how it works. I feel like that's how it works. Like it's it's okay now. So um, yeah, we'll, fi- I mean, we'll I- find out when someone disputes it. <laughs> yeah, I'll just we'll see how many people just quit the Slack channel yeah. on uh, today, release day, Wednesday. Um, okay, uh, but yeah, I mean, it sucks for those people. But I don't have to go see my family for Thanksgiving, and I'm just super pumped about that uh, because I, we were gonna have to drive. Uh, so, you know, we were gonna have to drive like twenty something hours, like twenty six hours or some stupid number like that. And, uh, and now we don't have to, again, it's not that I don't like my family, but I'd prefer not to see them if possible. So is it mainly because of the driving or, or no, you just don't want to see your family. I don't think, <laughs> again, I think I should play these cards close to my tits. So because <laughs> of that, uh, I, I am planning on, uh, uh, putting down the work. I think that's a very important thing that we have to do. We have to put down work, you know, and, uh, and pick up a hobby and the hobby I'm going to pick up is called streaming. And what I'm going to do is I'm, and I don't mean like Twitch. Uh, what I mean is like watching uh, streaming video, aka Netflix. That's the hobby I'm going to pick up for the next five and a half weeks <laughs> until Christmas. So inside of Slack, I posted a poll, which was what streaming service is the best value, 
in terms of cost because right now I, I need to mm-hmm. know which one is going to give me the most bang for my buck over the next few weeks while I'm not seeing my family. Uh, before I go through the results of this poll, I really want to know both of your answers. Uh, I know mm-hmm. not Coco, you responded to this. Andrew, I don't know that you did, but Lauren, starting with you, what do you think is the the best value streaming service? Streaming, uh, yeah, streaming Platform. service. Yeah, if I had to only pick one, I would probably say Netflix because they have a really good TV and movie library. And I like their system the best. And like they add to it a lot, which is big to me. Andrew. Yeah, I would say if I could only pick one, then I would get the Disney Plus bundle that comes with <laughs> that's Disney not, Plus, that's more than Hulu. I, okay, again, this does not count. It's what platform is the best value? Best of value. That's I, important. I'm saying that is, a, that, that is the best value, I think. But that's, that's multiple two platforms. Yeah, I understand, but it's a bundle, people. It's one company. <laughs> no, 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 no. Plus, it's like ESPN. You can't do that. You need. I need the the platform. See, I don't even care about ESPN. They throw that in for free because of the incredible value. Oh my gosh. Okay, forget it. I'm not even asking you anymore. That's I don't care good. your answer. I don't want to give you my answer because I don't know what you'll do with the information. It's but I also t- would probably say Netflix. I would probably say Netflix if I yeah, had to. So- That's what's tough because initially I was thinking in terms of bang for the buck, but then I realized the question, what is your favorite? I guess it's hard to split up your favorite from the the most value because your favorite probably is the one that provides you the most value, right? So it's not objective value to everyone. It's it's value to yourself. I see a lot of people um, is tied for first went with Disney plus as being the highest value. Uh, And I understand that if you have people that like a specific type of content. So it could be that you have kids or that you have nostalgia or something. But for my viewing habits, that has almost zero value to me because that's not the type of content that I want to consume. I agree. It's a great price point for certain types of people. Uh, But for me, whether it costs $5, $1, or $40, I don't need it in my life. And so from that standpoint, uh, I'm stuck on Netflix, too. I feel like it does, like you're saying, Lauren, Mm -hmm. cover like the widest range of of watching scenarios. And I do think they have high level content. And for the people complaining Mm -hmm. that how little content they have, because I hear that complaint a lot. um, I do believe that um, amount of content to quality of content has increased over the last several years. But the other thing I'll say is you're you're your complaint is probably more with the interface and the, the browsability of content as opposed to the actual volume of content. Cause there's a lot of content that's hidden based on previous watch habits. And that is something that's hard to break. And that's something I would like to see uh, ultimately get better with Netflix. The only other one, well, there's only two that I would say really got enough votes to talk about. And that would be mm-hmm. HBO max and Hulu. Yeah. Which is the other two that I probably like the most, and like I, I Disney Plus fluctuates depending on what's on because like the like Mando when that's on I'm like invaluable, but that's only for two months. HBO Max is it still? It's still pretty expensive though, isn't it? Uh, I don't know the price because I pay for HBO like in my cable, and so like I get it that way. Bundle. So I, I yeah, so I'm paying for it a different way. But if I didn't have that, I would absolutely buy HBO Max because like. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, Hulu is one that it comes and goes for me. I, I would say it's mostly miss. I, I'm finally comfortable enough with their interface that I'm okay with it. I had some trouble with it at first. And yes. then the content, they tried to move more into short 
platform content with some of the shows that they picked up and featured. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I just think that's a miss. I, I don't know why people are so obsessed with the idea of short form. It feels like people yeah. that are much older making these decisions, kind of like a quibby <laughs> thing of like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, the you know the youth of today are on the go, so let's give them quick stuff. We don't need that. We want to watch yeah, five hour long. Their episodes attention or span is only seven minutes. Yeah, it's and so <laughs> yeah. some of the short form direction Hulu went felt like they were kind of falling into the uh, the old quibby, the quick bite trap. And you know what's I interesting? Just that. on that note, though, like I have a ten year old who arguably would would fall into that category or would fall into that that stereotype of having like zero attention span. But he will literally sit and watch hours of other people playing video games on YouTube. So yeah. it is it is mm. not a universal truth that that kids these days you know air quotes kids these days need shorter content that is not true exactly they have zero attention span for unengaging not good content right that's what it is like yes when you have this many choices you don't need to you don't need to hang around and just deal with something you're not enjoying immediately so the key is you have to hook people in quickly but once someone is hooked in you're right. They'll sit there for hours and hours and hours. They'll revisit something multiple times to get through it. It's not an issue. Cooper watched and Jojo Rabbit with us. He sat there and watched the entire mm-hmm. thing with us past his bedtime. Like he was, he didn't like he didn't fall asleep or like he was totally engaged. So yeah, it's it's totally. So anyway, with that yeah. said, I mean, so going through this kind of listing of the platforms, you know, I, I part of me initially was oh, there's so many platforms and and listing them out and really understanding the top 10 it doesn't feel as overwhelming as it did um but i do also listing them out this way see where i could just cut off everything and just go back to only netflix uh so anyway if you have like a different opinion like if you're one of those people that feels like no cbs all access is the best value and this is why or peacock is the best value let me tell you about it uh then please speak up but otherwise um even with all the kind of anti-netflix rhetoric that you hear about how they're going down the drain and they're going to be overtaken and they're going to this or that at least within our community netflix is still still kind of sitting on top unless of course you want that family style programming in which case disney plus is a clear winner in that category and Netflix is still really affordable. You know, I, I do pay for the 4K plan. And so I, you know, I pay like the $18 a month or whatever. But mm-hmm. I, hadn't, I hadn't looked at the base plan recently. The base plan is still only $9 yeah. for Netflix. I had assumed it was like $12 or $14, but pulling it up, still only $9. And that's, I mean, I think that's a pretty amazing catalog to have for $9. Uh, and then it, so it kind of makes Disney Plus not feel like such a uh, hit out of the park. When you put that into context, because again, Disney Plus sits so solidly in a single genre or two genres, yeah. as opposed to having the breadth of content. And my big issue between those two is that like Disney Plus has been really slow to put out new content overall, especially when you compare it to Netflix, which is releasing new shows, new movies, new everything weekly. So it just is like, I feel like you get a lot out of that. And it's like, Disney movies are great to rewatch over and over, so that's part of the appeal of that, you know, but... Um, it is the same stuff. It doesn't feel like it updates a ton. Yeah, and I, I, I would have to believe that pandemic is going to do well for them. They they announced an amazing slate of movies coming out earlier this year, and even when they did announce titles, they announced directors involved, actors and actresses involved, uh, been investing super heavily uh, in new content, and so with theater pickings being so slim. Uh, if if you want high quality content uh, in terms of films, 
where else can you go right now but Netflix? I mean, uh, certainly, mm-hmm. uh, I know that app, um, yeah, Apple TV Plus, Max, uh, whatever. I know that it bought a couple of uh, movies, like for instance, the Tom Hanks uh, movie that we talked about here on the show. Um, that is one that was supposed to be released in theater, but because of the pandemic, Apple bought the rights and released on their platform. So there's been a couple like this, but the lion's share is Netflix. So if you find yourself in a bit, uh, kind of where Lauren's been, where you're missing films, then just check out Netflix and look at their upcoming slate because they have some amazing films coming out the rest of the year. So that's it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. I'm, uh, we already put our Christmas tree up. I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm drinking my apple cider and my hot cocoa. I'm just I'm just streaming stuff. I'm allowing my life to fall apart for the next five weeks. I'm going to pick up the pieces in January, figure it out. But that's where I'm at. Andrew, you can finish this up. Cool. Um, all right. So I, I last week gave you a kind of a quick uh, update on Disney. I have more information on that now having been to more of the parks. I'm just going to do like a, a quick discussion of that. Maybe not even a discussion. Monologue. Um, I heard I listened to a uh, an episode of the Mad Chatters podcast where they talk about it. These are some guys. It's a Disney podcast. Um, Mariana shared it with me and asked me to listen to it and see where I fell in terms of their um, their review on being back in the parks. Um, so I'll post a link to that in the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you can listen to that. It does kind of sum up a lot of what I was thinking. Uh, but. So some of the magic that I regained from from Epcot, some of that was lost at Magic Kingdom, um, because mm-hmm. at Magic Kingdom you expect to you expect more things, right? You'd ex- magic. You expect more of an uh, of a connection with the characters. You expect more. Um, there's just it just felt different enough that it wasn't as magical. Um, now that mm-hmm. being said, wearing a mask all day became so normal it wasn't really an issue like i i was i was not concerned about wearing a mask the whole day but um uh yeah it was just really strange not being able to take pictures with characters and the way that they're doing that is just a little strange they could do it a little bit better i think um but generally speaking i had a really really good time being back at disney i mean there's still just this feeling of being back at disney all the wait times are like half of what they say they are like the posting you know if it says mm-hmm. it's 40 minutes, you're likely going to only wait 20, 25 minutes for a ride. Um, one thing that is really cool that I didn't know that they did, um, like uh, Disneyland does the Christmas overlay for Haunted Mansion. Magic mm-hmm. Kingdom does a Christmas overlay for the Jungle Cruise, and they call it the Jingle Cruise. Oh. And it's a totally – the jokes are different the uh uh like they they put christmas gifts and things and it's all like this retro kind of classic like tinselly um like mm-hmm. 80s 70s and 80s christmas decorations that they use throughout the ride and it's it's scattered throughout the ride and there's gifts and things like that that are scattered they were mm-hmm. the the premise is that um they were getting a drop shipment of uh like an air cargo for christmas and the 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 cargo got away from them and it is scattered throughout right. the jungle. And so that's kind of the idea. Um, but like, it's, it's very, very cool, very fun. So got to ride that. Um, the wait times, like I said, were, were incredible. I did go to Hollywood studios, which is the best, the, the best park you can go to right now because it has galaxy's edge, which has rise of the resistance and smugglers run. And then it also has, um, 
Toy Story Land, which people seem to really like be crazy about Toy Story Land, but then it also has uh, the new Mickey and Minnie Runaway Railway, which is absolutely phenomenal. And it's so cool. It's like a, it's different than um, Rise of the Resistance and M Mickey's Runaway Railway are, are different than like the traditional rides in the sense that the car that you're in, like the the car ride, the the the, the car mm -hmm. that you ride in, um, the ride vehicle, really determines what you see because the scene happens whether you're in the room or not. So the scene starts and it goes through a whole thing and and then it ends, oh. but your car moves through it in different times depending on where you're at. Um, and so you have mm -hmm. different experiences. So I saw things that I was in the very last car. I saw things that people in the front car didn't see. They saw things that I didn't see. Um, and so you really would have to go back and ride in different ride vehicles to get the full the full gamut of, of what the show provides, as opposed to like the traditional thing where it's the same, uh, you know, six second scene on loop. And so if you go by slightly slower than normal, you see the same scene two or three times. Like, it's not that at all. The mm -hmm. whole thing is completely, uh, it feels completely original from beginning to end. The show, the runtime of the show is happening whether you're in the room or not. So it's a it's pretty cool mm -hmm. from that perspective. The way that they introduce 2D and, and 3D elements for that ride is very, very cool. Um, but I digress. Uh, a lot of cool stuff. So I did, I did come home with quite a few things um i have more feelings about about disney but like I, like i said just go listen to the mad the mad chatter podcast if you have more questions for me specifically hit me up in slack and we can talk about it um but i did get some things i want to show you so i've i've been collecting some of these wishables and they're they're super fun tiny little plush and they're in like these blind bags i'm gonna run through the gamut of ones that i got the, I got these uh, Mickey and Minnie from the Runaway Railway <laughs> deal. Here is the conductor Goofy that also goes so with cute. those. I love um, that there was only one open eye between all six of them. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> this is this is Woody from the Woody like the Toy Story Midway Mania, which oh. is super with a fun. Captain America shield. With a Captain America shield. Um, have you ridden Midway Mania, Patrick? No. Oh, it's a fantastic ride. So they, you sh like it's a, it's a. This is target practice because you shoot things. Oh, it's like yeah. an old school, um, like you go to a carnival game. This is the the Walt Skipper from uh, Jungle oh, Cruise, yeah. which is fantastic. I got uh, this this angry Donald, which is very fun. <laughs> and then uh, this is Patrick. You'll appreciate this. So there's a character. There's, there's a new character they introduced for the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and the character is this little orange bird named Chuby. Um, okay. They they misspelled on one of the documents. They misspelled Chubby, and so they just ended up sticking. They had two U's instead of two B's, and so they oh ended up God. keeping it, which is super fun. Um, but here, this is the variant. So the regular one has both of his eyes open. Aww. This one, he's he's smiley and happy. It's not doesn't show up on any of the packages. And so I looked it up, and uh, yeah, this is the variant. So that was pretty fun. So cute. Um, I got uh this popcorn bucket, which is fantastic. This is the uh, this is yeah. Guinevere, oh, wow. the van from uh, Onward, right? The wheels actually That's spin. Awesome. You can actually drive this thing around. The popcorn goes inside the top of the bucket, right? Or inside the, the hood of the van. But check this out. You press this button, the headlights come oh on. Oh, my gosh. This, this is, is a crazy, really cool. crazy cool popcorn bucket. And it's got, uh, it's yeah, got it's the two brothers in the, the windshield. Because of the way that they, they did, like, the top of the van, like, is opens up, it looks it doesn't even look like a bucket when it's no. closed. Like, I would yeah. never know. It just looks like a toy. 
Um, and yeah, it functions awesome. that way too. So I got that. And then I also, our, our friend, um, uh, I did an episode with him many months ago, but Dave Perillo, uh, you know him as Monty Gog on, on Instagram mm -hmm. and you see his stuff. He does stuff with Tom Whalen all the time. So friend of the show, super cool guy. He just came out with his own vinyl figure with Wonderground which is wow. a vinyl version of the partner's statue, and it's super cute. But in um, full yeah. color. It's in full mm -hmm. color. Yeah, it's in full color. It's very, very cute. So I got that little guy. Um, there's there's another one that they just released to, uh, I don't remember the artist, but it's, it's Mr. Toad from Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and that one's really cool and stylized too. Um, but because I know Dave, I, I picked that up, and it's really, really neat. And then... Um, I think that's all I got from – I got some pins. I showed you guys the pins uh, mm -hmm. last week. Um, okay, so it was also my birthday while I was gone. That's kind of why I went to Disney. I typically Ooh. go to Disney on my birthday. Um, oh, I did get this blue kyber crystal as well, by the way. Blue. Oh, nice. So you can, uh, the only you one can I don't, switch that now in your lightsaber, right? Yeah, the only one I don't have now is purple. Um, so I'm, I'm waiting until I go with Cooper to build a new lightsaber. Like I'll, I'm going to build one with him, and we'll just get purple, and then we'll have every color. Um, so it was my birthday while I, while I was gone, I came back and I had some gifts, uh, waiting for me. Uh, these are two of them that I got. These are books. Uh, I am Jim Henson Aww. and I am Walt Disney. Uh, they're illustrated books. Um, the author is Brad Meltzner, not Mel Meltzner, Meltzer. Mm -hmm. And then the illustrator is Christopher something. I'm not even going to attempt his last name. That's so false name. advertising. Why? Neither of those are written by the person that it says it is. That's fair. That is very true. Uh, the, na the name of the book series is called Ordinary People Change the World. That's the name of the book series. Aww. But they're, uh, these are they're illustrated like kids' books that are um, little mini biographies of these, of these you know iconic people. And they're done in kind of Calvin and Hobbesian style. Can you see those? Yeah. I can't tell. If no, yeah. that's exactly I think I know the style. This artist. It's mm -hmm. it's. Ex I mean, he, everything is done done like um done like Calvin and Hobbes. Does it uh, do a good job of handling the lung cancer bit? I haven't read it yet. <laughs> Let me. Uh, just, I'll, I'll get back. I'm just imagining if it's like, like an adorable actual, spin. an actual like full on biography. It's a great. Uh, these are but animated asking, for children. You're asking all the right mm -hmm. questions. I don't have the answer yet. I'll read it this week and I'll I'll follow up next week. Um, so I got that. I ordered this from our friend uh, Dennis Salvatier. Um, this is his little sketch card that he did. Of oh, that's great. The lonesome, um, lonesome. What are they called? The lonesome ghosts. That episode. So it's Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, but it's a, an original sketch card. Um, and then I got this. Uh, I got this from Cooper and Chandra. The Lego Boba Fett helmet. <laughs> And That's so awesome. Cooper and I have built this this yeah. scale replica of Boba Fett's helmet. Um, it's pretty fantastic. The visor and everything functions <laughs> nice. and operates. Yeah. And so I feel like I've been uh, seeing a lot of and talking about uh, Legos quite a bit. But this was really cool. So yeah. he and I put it together. Um, 
put it together yesterday and this morning. And, um, and so I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, I think that's all the things that I want to talk about in terms of stuff that I got. Um, it's been, uh, crazy. I drove, I did the math. I've drone dro driven over 3,300 miles in the last two and a half weeks. It's been a long Man. road trip, but the car ride was, was really smooth. My new car was, um, like I, I would never once felt uncomfortable or antsy. Like I never, I never felt like I had to get out of the car, you know? Uh, so that's pretty good. I think that's indicative of, of a good, of a good trip. So I think that's all I'm going to say about that. Let's head into the categories. The categories every week are when we talk about things from the pop culture world that are new to us or new to the world in general. Um, Patrick. I'm excited to talk about this because it is so pop culture specific. Uh, I mean, we're talking about deep pop culture today. But before I do, I would like to point out that I don't ever know where to put Lego. Hmm. I was talking to Adam earlier. Uh, Adam Rourke. I don't remember his Instagram handle. I think it's just Rourke Adam Rourke. Was it? Did it used to be like Rourke yeah. Co? I'll look it up while you keep talking. Maybe it's just Adam Rourke. I don't know. I like I like him. He's cool. Um, but, uh, he was telling me he got the die. You were talking last week about getting the, wanting the Coliseum. He was talking, he was talking to me about getting the Diagon Alley set, which by the way, very cool set. If anybody listening wants to get me a Christmas present, great. Send it. Um, but I was telling him that I just have the issue of, I, I don't like decorating with Lego. So I enjoyed building it, but then I just want to give it back. Like I don't, I don't need it anymore. Now, as I yeah. say this, I do have a Lego set sitting right here over my shoulder. I have another one sitting right here. So I realize that I'm maybe like giving off some false. Did you whatever, finish the Millennium Falcon again? No, I'm like halfway through rebuilding it again. It's just it's such a pain in the butt, man. I don't like building it. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> so much fun once. It is so much fun once, but dear God, it is a beast. Um, but yeah. I, I don't know that. That's just where I'm at. I just um, I like building Lego, but I wish the finished product looked more like true to form and true to scale and like realistic. I don't know. Whatever. Well, that's why you got to get that Coliseum, man. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I mean, that's not true at all. I'm not going to get a Coliseum. Um, I guess <laughs> I just, just, just stop spending money on Lego. It's, it does sound like it's maybe not your thing. <laughs> yeah. Just maybe. maybe that's the answer. Uh, I, I the, listen. Yeah. I love Lego. I love everything about Lego. I just hate Lego. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's you like the experience of building it. You just don't know what to do with it afterwards. Like setting it up is fun, but then what do you yeah, do? Yeah, like exactly. even tearing it apart isn't super fun. No, no, no. Why would you tear? You already built it. Yeah. yeah, that's the other thing too. Like the people that do like freestyle Lego of like I can turn this in anything. No, there's directions. It only gets yeah. put together <laughs> one way. We can't just make other stuff out of it. That's not the rules. Have yeah. you seen the Lego movie? <laughs> yeah he he completely he completely relates to will ferrell's character in that film yeah yeah that was the best i mean i do too so it's fun. <laughs> all right all right all right here time for some deep pop culture this is going to remind you why you listen to this show right here because you know you think you know pop culture and then i come out here with just something that you just don't even know all right so we call, we call it slosh in the pop that's what we yep. call it we don't um, so, <laughs> so today, here we go. I'm going to talk about hard drives. Wah, right, wah, wah. Yeah, very, very exciting. And I don't, that's not code for anything. I'm literally talking about what's inside your computer. 
uh, and maybe inside your body if you're a cyborg. Um, Andrew and Lauren, I'm curious right now. Mm-hmm. On your your you you have laptops. Y'all do work. Y'all are both uh, mm-hmm. talented. Um, <laughs> if right now your computer was to get stolen, dropped in a pool, set on fire, a drunk person peed on it, whatever, uh, how long would it take you? To recreate the projects you would lose that you don't have backed up, you don't have anywhere else. Like, how much time would you lose if that happened? Now, you might say none, but I'm curious if, if you could put a number on it. Patrick, if I said none, I'd be lying. Great. I, a lot, yeah. a lot of time, because literally I've been getting for months mm-hmm. now uh, that my backups are not, like, my auto backups aren't backing up. Yeah. And I don't know why. <laughs> and I looked, I started to look into it months ago and couldn't figure it out and then got busy and didn't continue doing it. I would be completely screwed. <laughs> like you would lose potentially like weeks or like it would take you weeks or longer to recreate what you would lose. I wouldn't Espec- be able to I recreate mean, everything that I lost. Yeah, yeah. And like, especially like I just finished a really big poster project. So like that took two weeks alone. So yeah. Boom. And I like and I literally finished it like yesterday, so I haven't backed it up. So, <laughs> yeah, it feels like I'm hexing you. I'm not trying to hex you right no. now, but I'm, I'm I know I'm like, to... I'm backing it up right after this. <laughs> but this is the point I'm trying to make. I, I, too, have lost projects. Now, again, I'm not talented, so I haven't lost very many projects, sure. but I also have lost Understood. projects because of this. And uh, <laughs> so it's something that we all fear. It's something that we all probably got clammy handed just thinking about it. You know, the first time you hit the you know, you're working on your computer and it blue screens. Or you hit the power button and it takes a couple seconds longer than it normally does to boot up. We go into this worst case, like everything's gone. I've lost this, you know, this like flash of panic. I got hot, you know, whatever. So um, that's just ridiculous. There are ways around this. I want to talk a bit about what your options are to preventing this from happening. And then I want to make the case that you need to drop what you're doing and handle this this very moment. Okay. Uh, so when it comes to backing up, there's a couple of options, right? Uh, one of the easiest options uh, would be to get a second hard drive. Uh, you could get, um, if you're concerned about price, obviously an SSD can feel very expensive. But if you're concerned about price, you can still get a platter disk uh, drive. A platter drive is what I'm trying to say. That would be like an old school that like spins up. You know, you'll see like 7200 RPM like listed under it. <laughs> Those you can get a lot of storage for a really low price. I mean, uh, um, a lot of storage. The issue is they have slow read write times. You wouldn't want to use them. Uh, especially if you're doing like some type of um, using some type of workflow that's constantly like rendering in the moment, you wouldn't want to use a platter drive because it'll start feeling like your computer's slow. That becomes a bottleneck. Uh, but they can hold a lot of storage. So one option would be that when you're working on a project, you have it on your laptop. You work on it there. When you finish it, you take all those assets and the f- the project file itself, put it in a folder drop it on like an external drive okay so now Mm -hmm. we have a backup but here's the problem your computer and that hard drive live in the exact same space right they probably live within a within a few inches of each other well what happens Mm -hmm. if your house catches on fire it's not really doing you many favors what happens if there's a flood not doing you many favors it's all there what if they're plugged into like the same you know outlet and there's an issue or blah 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 okay now, even if none of that was to happen, the other issue with the platter drive, they tend to be more susceptible to damage. It's the reason you should never pick them up when they're actively writing. And uh, I've had issues. I've had data loss before because a screw inside the drive backed out in the platter while it was spinning. 
and it uh, just destroyed the platter. And, and there just oh there God. goes all your stuff. So media is still maybe not as reliable as you would want. On top of that, media like this degrades. I, you know, I made the comment earlier about how content from the 70s that doesn't exist anymore. Well, even when we're talking about a platter drive, that data, I don't remember the exact time. It's something like seven years, and that feels like a long time. But the idea is that if you were to write something to it, put in a closet, and a decade later go, mm-hmm. oh, what about that old project? You may not be able to access it when you go to check yeah. on it. Okay? So all media is going to degrade. And then all media has, uh, especially in the terms of something like this, has a maximum number of read-write cycles that it's good for. So that's one option, but it's not a much... It, it might be a slightly better option in that it can free up some space on your computer and allow you to hold, you know, store more stuff and maybe you could uh, whatever, but it's not great. So what you want to have is redundancy. That's the first thing. You don't want to have it stored in one place. You want to have it stored in two places. So now you could get two hard drives. But again, like I said, if they all live in the same desk in the same bedroom, something happens in that room, you've lost it all. So now the third mm-hmm. thing we want to have is geographical differences in our redundancy. So we want to have files. We want to take those files and store them in, in multiple, uh, on multiple drives. But now we need to store them on multiple drives in different geographical locations. That way, if my house catches on fire and I lose one hard drive, there's another hard drive that sits at Andrew's house, and I don't lose that. Okay, You can already see how this is feeling more complicated, right? But again, mm-hmm. like we established, if something happens to that, those projects you're working on, you're not getting paid for that project, and you know even if you are getting paid, you're having to duplicate the work, lose weeks of time, and therefore weeks of opportunity to complete recomplete a project, and that's time you're not getting paid for another project. It's a nightmare. So even though I'm making it sound complicated, we still want a solution. So in thinking through this, here's where I'm at. All right, I believe the best answer is to use an online service to upload your files to. All right. The reason is, is because online services, as long as you're using a a reputable one, they will do daily backups, maybe even hourly backups. They'll have geographical redundancy. So they'll have multiple data centers where they uh, save your data to. And not just that, but that that, um, redundancy won't even be in the same region. It'll be in fully different regions, right? So like if a hurricane hits the East Coast, you don't, it can't hit multiple data centers and you lose your data. So they'll actually have redundancies mm-hmm. that are very, very far, far apart from each other. Um, and yes, you have to pay for these services, but it's just unreasonable for you to get multiple external drives, dump the yeah. same files on multiple drives, and then go drive that somewhere else to store it. You know, I guess you could buy a fireproof safe if you wanted to, but again, we're getting too complicated. We're getting too complicated. So <laughs> here's what I suggest. AWS, that stands for Amazon Web Services. They have a service called S3. All right, this is their this is their simple storage. Uh, what I don't know what the other S is for. I'm gonna say solution. It's not that, but there we go. S3. All right, S3 is very inexpensive. Um, it, in my opinion, uh, if and the way it works is actually tiers of S3. If you're paying for um, storing data that you want to access multiple times daily, okay. It is 0.023 cents per gig, all right? Now, if you were to actually extrapolate that to a terabyte of data, that's pretty in line with Dropbox. Dropbox's price, all right? 
The difference is with Dropbox, you have to pay for the full terabyte. With uh, AWS, with S3, I should say, you only pay for what you use. So if you only upload 100 gigs, you're only paying for 100 gigs. That's much, much different. The second thing is that's assuming you need to access that data frequently. If you do not need to, then they actually have tiers uh, depending on how often you need to access the data. So the the data you like basically only need to touch once a year or twice a year. This would be like a project you finish that you don't think you'll ever need again, but I need to just put it somewhere because I don't want to just delete it. That data, mm. you can have a terabyte of that for $6 a month. That's uh, so the actual, I'm sorry, let me tell you the actual penny price. Point zero 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 nine nine cents uh, per gigabyte, which I think comes out to like six and a half dollars or something for a month, as opposed to at the frequent access, it's like $22 a month, all right? Mm. Now, they have tiers between those levels. And so what you can do, they actually have intelligent tiering. They will put your data, based on how much you're accessing your data, they will tier it for you in the most efficient way that saves you money. So at the end of the day, you'll spend less money than you'll spend on Dropbox. It has backups. It has redundancy. It has geographical uh, differences in that redundancy. So you know that your data is taken care of. So this is what I think your workflow should be. All right. This is all in summation is this. Your computer is going to be your operating system, your applications, and the project you're working on currently. All right. You work on that project. You finish that project. Now you could choose to make uploads during the process or after. It's up to you and it depends on frankly, how large the project is and how sensitive the project is. So you'll need to make that decision. But minimum, when you finish that project, you take the um, all the assets, you take that project file, put them in a folder, drop it in a bucket on S3. That's what, that's what their term is. They call it a bucket, okay? Drop it in a bucket on S3. Then just delete it off your computer. You don't need it on your computer. S3 has the redundancy. It does the backups. Free up that space, all right? Leave your computer with as much available space as possible. That way you don't run into a situation where something's like in the process of like rendering out and you get like a memory error or something like that, which I know has happened to you, Andrew. It's happened to me, whatever. So don't leave anything on your computer. The other benefit of that is if your computer is taken, if it's stolen, if something like that happens, it also prevents you from potentially having sensitive information you've left on your computer. Uh, and again, you still have a backup. So now anywhere you go, any machine you go to and sit down, you can log into your AWS account and you can access any of your projects. You can access any of your files. If you jump on a computer that's a coworker's computer, you can still immediately pull down any of your stuff. We all have access to fairly good internet. Uh, and again, if you're only uploading projects when you finish, you're not terribly concerned about the upload speed because if you're like me, Nine times out of ten, you never go back and reference that project anyway. Now, if you're working on a project like you said, Lauren, where it's over several weeks, mm -hmm. then what I would say is minimum once a week, but maybe even once a day. Just take the time to just dump the files you're working on up there. Once you finish the, finish the project, you can go clean it up, make it look nice, delete the stuff you don't need. You know, you can kind of fix mm -hmm. your folder structure. Uh, but I would say... I just looked down and Siri has been quoting everything I've been saying this entire time. I noticed it. I saw it on your watch and I was like, does he have some different watch face that's constantly running? It looks like Siri. I was going to ask you about it when we were done. Yeah. No, Siri is like, there's no telling. How I just canceled it. I shouldn't have canceled it. I should have waited until it stopped and like seen what it wrote. <laughs> But anyway, easy enough flow. So now instead of worrying about, oh, my laptop's out of space and, um, oh, I got to go buy hard drives and I've got to do this and that, don't fool with it. Set up an S3 account. It's cheaper than something like Dropbox. 
you'll be protected and you won't have to worry about if your computer dies. Oh no, what do I do? So that's that's what I believe uh, a modern flow should look like uh, that is concerned about this. And then the final piece of this, the very, very final piece, do it now. All right, I get it. You have a boss and your boss is saying, no, you need to finish this by three o'clock, blah, blah, blah. Well, that same boss is not going to be happy if you lose all of your files and now it takes you an extra two weeks to get it done. All right, so just stop. It is worth your time now. It is worth whether it takes you an hour or four hours, whatever. It is worth your time now to fix the problem because again, if something happens in the interim and you do lose all that data, you're going to wish you had taken the couple hours to fix it now instead of the couple of weeks to fix it later. Uh, and certainly you're not going to want to deal with the amount of money that you're going to lose and no client is going to feel bad for you and pay you more. All right. You're going to be shit out of luck <laughs> or whatever the phrase is. So stop now, fix the problem, back your stuff up, but back it up to a service that has all the things that we just talked about. So that's data. Take care of it. Who's left? Is this both, you, Lauren? Both of us. <laughs> oh yeah, man, nobody yeah. else. Oh, I think the episode's done. I talked enough. So if we just yeah, want to go and wrap I think it, we're good. <laughs> you can find everything on m of one dot network. You can find show <laughs> notes and links to all the stuff Patrick just said. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and uh, take it from me. Okay, so I talked about this uh, many, many moons ago, but I'm going to. It's now in hand, so I'm going to show you um, a quick review of Streets of Steel. Steel. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you remember me talking about this, but this is a game I backed on Kickstarter yeah. a long time ago. But this game is an 8-bit arcade-style side-scrolling board game. Um, and so it's a progressive board game. Love it. And so the way that it works, I'm going to show you the, the, the tile pieces. Actually, I'll show you the, the box cover first. Here's the, the box art. It looks yeah, it like looks a uh, an, an arcade. Oh, I was upside down. It looks we like an still arcade. We got the gist, but yes. yeah, you got the <laughs> gist. Yeah, yeah. It looks like an arcade. Uh, it's a it's one to four players. It looks like the like the classic like four player arcade game. Like if you remember playing Ninja Turtles or um, the, Simpsons, the Simpsons, like the four yeah the four player ones. <laughs> so it's actually called Streets of Steel Kicking Asphalt um, because they're gonna have different yeah. they're gonna have different levels that come out. Um, so this the the base one is called Kicking Asphalt. Um, but here's how like the 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 board tiles work. There's gonna always be three of them that go side by side. Can you see this? It literally mm -hmm. looks like when you played Street Fighter, not Street Fighter, um, uh, Double Dragon or uh, oh, yeah. or Ninja Turtles, right? The arcade game where mm -hmm. there's there, it's a street. It's th just three different street levels. There's two <laughs> two road and one sidewalk, and there's debris on the ground, and there's different things you can pick up and and go around. So. This are what the, these are what the tiles look like. After you go at a certain time, uh, at the end of the round, the final, the back one drops off, and you put a new one on the, and they shift back. So it's like a side-scrolling game. They all say one way at the top um, because the board is literally constantly changing as you go, as if you're playing yeah, you a side-scrolling board game uh, or side-scrolling video game. Um, all the artwork is pretty fantastic. It's all eight bit as you as you would come to imagine, right? These are the, your character cards. These are some of the bad guy cards. Um, this is a uh, his name is Kill Guru. It's a kangaroo ninja, <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, all of all of the assets and things that come alongside it. Uh, <laughs> Mayor Van Damage is <coughs> is uh, this character. Like it's all totally eighties fun. Like it's retro. It's like uh, they call it future retro future something I'm retro to remember. futurism or 
Yeah, it's called the 80s Retro Future Beat 'em Up Board okay. Game. So it's there technically a future version. Like it's technically in the future, but it's got an 80s retro vibe to it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it has cu- some custom die, which are pretty nice. All the components seem to be pretty nice. I have a couple. I had a couple of beefs with this. Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna change my tune a little bit. These cards right here, these are special item cards that I got um, for backing the game on Kickstarter. And I don't know if you can see mm-hmm. the the title block right there. It's gold foil. You see that? Oh, cool. Yeah. This is a hoverboard. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a prototype hoverboard. Um, that's one of the special special items that you get if you back the game on Kickstarter. Um, you get these different dossiers, and the dossiers have different items in it. So it very much feels like an old school '80s board ge- or old school '80s video game. Um, and so here's the the last piece that I'll that I'll show um, to to kind of show the the difference. You can back the game, or you could have backed the game on on a couple of different levels. Um, levels not being a pun. Um, you could get just the base game, which comes with these pretty standard um, 8-bit looking standees, right? Like all the characters are 8-bit, yeah. all the, the tokens are, are punch-out card, you know, cardboard. Um, and it, everything looks like what you would expect of an 80s 8-bit style game. Or you could upgrade um, and get these um minifigures and so it comes with these minifigures the minifigures are really really well um really well done they're definitely in the vein the same vein as like any of these high quality games like monster slaughter or any of these other ones where we talk about minifigures kind of being like the um or even um what's the game that we play patrick Gloomhaven, <laughs> like even like some of these like <laughs> these these mini heavy games. We play a lot of games, Andrew. I That's don't know. true. That's true. Um, so they're really high quality, uh, but they came in a separate box. They came in a separate box. They won't fit. Initially, oh, I thought no. we were in a situation where we were like in here to slay again. We're here to slay. Mm-hmm. They, they they came and and you they just don't they don't fit inside the box. They were just an add on and whatever. So I was very upset. Yeah. I was already. I was ready to to go heavy against Wild Power Games because mm-hmm. that's who that's who produced this game. However, I realized once I opened up the box and went through um, went through the process of sorting out all the pieces. Look at this. There is a section right here, ah. perfect for stacking these minifigures, and so um, they did a good job. I, I will I will say they did a really good job. Problem I haven't solved. played the game yet. Yeah, I haven't played the game yet. It looks it looks fun. It looks super fun. Uh, it looks super cool and unique. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to maybe getting some uh, board game time in this week uh, while while we have some time off. Um, so hopefully, Streets of Steel will make its way into that rotation. But uh, yeah, Streets mm-hmm. of Steel, check it out. Um, there'll be a link to it in show notes. I don't think it's ready for a purchase yet. This this project was delayed several times through Kickstarter. Um, and so it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a long time coming. So, uh, but streets of steel, check it out. If you're into any of the stuff that I just mentioned, I think you would absolutely love, uh, love having this on your shelf. It looks really nice. I am going crazy right now because I cannot find this specific Simpsons game. You mentioned Simpsons earlier, and I just wanted to relate a little story. And that's that when I was uh, younger, I want to say this was the, around the time of the, uh, PS one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't, I, the problem is I don't know specifically which game it was. It was a Simpsons game 
and you could enter a code and the code would uh, you could use to unlock levels. So like if you entered a certain code, you would skip levels yeah. one through five and start at level six, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened is the code for level two, if I remember right, was one digit different than the code to unlock the last level of the game. And oh. I messed up entering the code and accidentally unlocked the last level of the game. It was a complete surprise and I was very excited by it. But I was trying to look online and find the game it was so I could relate the full story. And it turns out there's been a lot of Simpsons games in the last 20 years. So I don't know which one it was. But that's all. That's that's my story. If you know, I say 20 <laughs> years, like the last 30 years is what I meant to say. Because I, I thought that this would have been like mid-90s maybe. Right. Yeah. But if you know the uh, Simpsons game I'm talking about, let me know. But it was a Simpsons game. And uh, the unlock codes were very similar, and I got very lucky to unlock the last level. Mm-hmm. Did you die instantly? <laughs> it's not really a Dark no, Souls-type game. <laughs> well, I it's don't know. Not, it's like, it's still the last it. level. No, no, but those games, don't, don't, you don't level up. It's just... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like you learn more skills or whatever. Like They were just more of the same, is, is what I'm yeah. always True, true. I mean, yeah, I missed like it. Yeah, all those arcade I, games. I, there was one, I don't know, I could not tell you the name of it. I remember that you could have four characters on the screen, which makes sense because a lot of these early games mm-hmm. were modeled after arcade games. And uh, and it was some type of like, like you were a street gang and you were fighting other people, but like this dude has a bat and this person has like a uh, Did Marge uh, have, a, a, did Marge have a, a, a vacuum cleaner? No, I'm talking about a different game right now. You're still talking oh, about oh, Simpsons. Oh, I've yes. changed. I'm saying there was another side scroller I really enjoyed. Again, playing maybe on a PlayStation 1 but it was some type of like we're four people and we're like walking the streets and beating people up. But I just they, they're like <laughs> these little parts of my brain that exist, but I don't remember what they are. And then if someone would actually tell me what it was, it would all come rushing back to me. Um, yeah. But it was like half knows. memories. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whenever we can like go out again in Houston, they have like a really good barcade that has the uh, old Simpsons game so we can just play forever without pain, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always liked I always liked Marge because she had the extra reach with her vacuum. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. no I, re- I remember that game because we had. She was like Donatello. Oh, Lisa uses her necklace. Yeah, one of the uh, pizza places we went to as a kid had the Simpsons arcade game, and so I remember that being there. But I don't remember the one I played on the console. Yeah. All right, Lauren. Biggest, yeah. Take us home. Okay, uh, I'm gonna tell you guys about a. It's not a new show on HBO. It's like came out last month, but uh, I finally got around to watching it, and it is called The Third Day, which is is not the Christian rock band group that you guys told me about just before we started. It is well, a new we'll, TV we'll show. Be the, we'll be the judge of that. I mean, it yeah, has a lot of like. Is this super uh, lame? Because if it is, it might be the Christian rock band that we were talking about. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> um, no, this is really cool. Actually, it's a. TV show starring Jude Law and Naomi Harris and a few other people you've probably seen in lots of other um, HBO things, honestly, like a lot of Game of Thrones alumni, things like that. Um, And this is a really interesting show, and uh, I'm going to try and explain it without giving away too many spoilers. Um, So the idea of the show is that it's told in three parts, and the first first part, Winter, is told in three hour-long episodes, and that features around Jude Law's character, Sam, and in that part of the story, uh, he winds up on this mysterious island called O.C. after he um, saves this teenage girl from committing suicide. Uh, so he, he saves her, he brings her home, and then the only way you can get on and off this island is through this causeway 
um, and it floods most of the day, so you can only get on and off the island for a few hours. Right. And this is yeah. a real place in the United Kingdom, um, this real island. And they actually filmed on this real island, which I was shocked to find out because I'm like, what a logistical nightmare to try and film there. I assume yeah. they actually filmed the causeway like itself, but not that the actual town was literally on that island as well. But that is how they did it. They <laughs> they really uh, like didn't cut any corners. And it's because the idea for the second half of it... Um, which is called Autumn, takes place in a 12-hour live stream event that happened on Facebook in the beginning of October, um, wow. which was literally the the day of the like festival that happens that like is a big part of the the first chunk of the story. Um, their original plan was actually to like the reason that they did it on the actual island was they were going to like have this event basically like be a real event, like a real festival, like make it real. There's actors inserted all over the island. Um, you know, like the actual actors that are like the main characters of the show, but like, you know, about half of it would be extras, I guess. And then like half would be the like cast. And they were going to have this like thousand person festival and like film the events of the, that, um, event that way. But because of COVID, they obviously had to change their whole plan and so they kind of morphed what the festival was going to be on the fly. They still filmed this 12-hour event, but it's very different than kind of what their original plan was, where it re does rely more on actors. And um, it's, it's very interesting to kind of know that yeah. back background. Yeah, because, like, wouldn't that, that have been amazing if they could have done it? It was basically like, like a Westworld kind of thing where, like, you would have been immersed in the actual movie for the day. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah, so it's really, really, really cool idea. So, but didn't quite work out, but it's still interesting. I haven't, I actually didn't know that this was part of it. When you watch it on HBO, it shows like you the six episodes and skips this part. So when I was researching stuff for the show, I found out about this, and there is a big jump when you get to the fourth episode. So I was like, not surprised to find out there was something in the middle. But I was not expecting a twelve-hour live stream thing, and it's really, really, really slow. Like I was. There's two hours before Jude Law or any other character from the series that we know so far shows up. Um, like, it's just a car, like, driving down the thing, which takes 15 or 20 minutes. Like, and you'll just see the background. And there are people, like, walking around that, that do something when you come around. Because it's all kind of filmed as, like, a one-shot-looking thing. It's, it's very interesting how they did all this. And I'll, I'm trying to get to the end of it, but it's a lot to even scrub through. Um, and then, so the third part is a... Um, the last three episodes again, back on the TV show, um, and it takes place with a new character, and this chunk is called Summer, and uh, it takes place with a character played by Naomi Harris, who also winds up on the same island um, that Sam was on. And it's after the events of the festival, but when we watched the show, we were like, what happened? Clearly something really crazy happened at this event, and we don't know what it is. So it's just very slow mystery, kind of finding all about this island and stuff, and um, it's really cool. Each of the three parts is directed by a new person. And so they each feel really different from each other, which the whole kind of like artistic idea behind doing this was that like you see this story from someone else's perspective. And so they do feel very jarringly different, but it's because like you literally were seeing things like from what Jude Law knows and thinks. And then right. now you're seeing it from what Naomi Harris knows and thinks and they do not think about things the same way. So it was like initially really confusing because you're like, well, she's not even describing this the same way. Are they talking about the same thing? And so it's just, it, it's really interesting how they kind of play with that idea of the two people's perspectives and the different time of year and how this all plays into the story. And 
it's it's really bizarre. I don't think everyone will like this show. It's a, like the only thing even close to it that I can compare it to is Midsommar, but it is very different from that also. It's just that's the only thing I can think of that's sort of similar. And it's because it's like a weird cult on an island, you know? And it's it's really fascinating though. Like I was really invested in the show while we watched it. Like I would just think about it and be like, what what could happen next? I can't imagine. And it, the mystery yeah. of it is really a good mystery. Um I, I didn't love the ending, but like I like this idea so much that I feel like it's really worth talking about because like what a cool idea this was. Did it 100% work? I, I don't know. I, I wish I had known about it as it came out to like have watched the autumn in between in order, but it's still very interesting and I would recommend checking out this show if you're looking for something really different and weird. Okay. It really sounds like something I wouldn't like. Um, I don't know if you would like it, but it was just fascinating to me. But it's I'm trying I'm sitting here deciding like may, maybe you can tell me who is this for? Like what's what's the audience for something that that frankly feels like they said how can we make this really tough for people to like take in? You know, let's do a 12-hour live stream. You know, <laughs> like like who who's the audience for this? It is and do you think there's a big enough audience that you will see more shows that are this kind of experimental. I, I don't know. So um, I did a lot of research on this this morning um, before I talked about it. And like knowing who's the people who created this, it's kind of interesting because they're kind of famous for immersive theater events, which is really makes sense with that middle section. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Sleep No More, which is in um, New York, but it's literally like an immersive telling of Hamlet and like, the story goes on in the building in many different rooms and like the characters are not necessarily in the same place at the same time and you're allowed to just walk around as an audience member and do whatever you want in the room. You can stick with a character and follow them. You can kind of stick with the group. You can leave. Uh, a character might like pull you into another room to see something. So it'll be like different every time. And like yeah, I don't knowing know if that I this is that. I feel like <laughs> I, if, I, if I were good at if I were good at writing stories, I would do that already. I need someone to curate them for me. <laughs> like that's. The <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the idea is like kind of like, again, with perspective where it's like, if you only followed Ophelia, you would think of Hamlet differently, like versus if you only follow him in the story. So it's just um, kind of playing with like what you're like, what you're seeing and how that affects your knowledge of the story that they're telling, which I think is kind of a cool thing to mess with. So I, I think they're, I don't know. I think they kind of relied on like the, actors and the people that they had in it like the hbo name like jude law all these other people to kind of get people excited and we're hoping that they would stick to the like jump in on that crazy like 12 hour thing but having now seen it i don't necessarily know exactly who this was like meant for because it's like much more like horror movie than you would expect that like a kind of more like theater going audience to be interested in i guess but it's a really interesting experiment even the 12-hour event, okay, part of me says maybe you shouldn't have done it in light of COVID. Maybe you, maybe you should have done something different. But the other part of me is trying to imagine, all right, even if COVID was not a thing, how, like, how is it engaging for a live stream audience? I think it's one thing if you can be there. Like, if they're actually throwing at a big event, yeah. you can be on the island and you can, like, you know, go grab food and go do this and go do that. And you are in the environment. That's one thing. But, again, as a live stream event, I'm still not sure how you accomplish that in a way that has mass appeal. And I guess, I, I mean, obviously their goal wasn't mass appeal because if it was, this would feature a superhero, but yeah, it's just very, in very interesting <laughs> that this got made, honestly. 
it is yeah. very interesting and it's because it's a limited series it's it it feels like that made it easier you know like it's just these kind of seven sections and whatever and it'll probably never be a thing again but it was very it's it's really an interesting little thing that exists right now <laughs> yeah and i think maybe this is something that they're playing with with hbo because they're starting a streaming service that they wanted to play with that like multi-genre idea but i don't know it, it felt like like a little bit of like loss to me where like you could watch the show but there was all this stuff online where when you were watching that it really like added to it but this is like a chunk of the story so it wasn't like I didn't. I felt like really confused, missing the in between part when I started watching episode four. Whereas, like in Lost, it was just like, oh no, no, no. There's just some cool stuff in the background. But if you know this, it's interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I I love the reviews too because it's so split. One person will say how it's like a stroke of genius, and the next person describes it as dreadful nonsense, and it's yeah. like all over the board. Uh, I'm not surprised at all because like. I was like loving it in the beginning and I didn't like it in the middle. And at the end I had different feelings as well. And like, I still like seeing it as a whole, like I, I didn't like love the, the ending of the story, but I think it's so well done and such an interesting idea that it's definitely worth like checking out if this is something right. that sounds interesting to you. All right. Okay. Well, uh, I think we did it. Did we take ourselves all the way around we did the, it. the island? Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. We, uh, Let's head out of this episode. You can find show notes and links to everything we talked about at mof1.network. Everything you want is there as well. Get a pin, get some merch, get uh, life. <laughs> get uh, Join the yeah. Slack community. Listen to uh, yeah. re read some of our uh, our Maker's Dozen that are out there. There's a lot of really cool content. You are selling it. Get right? life. Get, That's our new tagline. Get, get a life. Oh, I thought you said get no, a no. life. I didn't no, no. say get life. <laughs> it's just it's just get life. Get life. That feels so giving. Um, yeah. Right. Call it's, Nike. It's a really it's a real positive spin on it. Um, but uh, everything you need is right there. Other than going to Patreon, go to patreon.com slash mf one podcast or go to um, iTunes and write uh, write a review, rate the show, review it, subscribe to it, all those things that you do with podcasts. Uh, check out the Pondering Potter podcast if you haven't listened to that yet. There's some really cool stuff there and some more to come um, as we keep promising. Uh, I think that's all of the things. I think we're going to get out of this episode. Hey, everybody, enjoy your Thanksgiving this year. Uh, we yeah. know it's a little bit different, but uh, hopefully you can enjoy some time off, uh, some time away playing games, uh, staying in and eating lots of good food. So from all of us here at the M of One Network, happy Thanksgiving. We will see you next week. I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. I'm Patrick. Peace out. Adios. Bye. I know that. You know what's bad is that this week um, something was said about like Big Wiener McGee or something. I don't remember. And I said to Mackenzie, that's what they called me in high school. And she said, no, they called you bitch tits. <laughs> <laughs> I even get that from her. <laughs> Maybe so you shouldn't stupid. have been so free with your with knowledge. That yeah. <laughs> with that information. <laughs> Clearly should be playing my cards closer to my chest. <laughs> anyway. Closer to your tits. <laughs> <laughs> She's got your number. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> uh... <laughs>